Hey, just want to take a quick break from this episode so I could tell you guys about how I just launched my new Patreon page. If you don't know about Patreon, it's a great way for people to support creators with a monthly subscription. Becoming a Patreon supporter can even come with a few perks, like early access to new episodes and getting special shoutouts on the podcast. I've recently started working part-time at my job so I can focus more time and energy on the podcast and YouTube channel. So any support would be massively appreciated, and it helps me towards my hope of making this my full-time job someday. So if you want to help support me in that, please head over to patreon.com slash hooptheory. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash hooptheory. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show. How's it going, YouTube? I just got done working outside. That's why I got my dirty hat on. I just heard from Logan that 0.6 of you are subscribed. Not 6%, 0.6%. Logan, editing Logan, below me. Shirley Rap. That's pathetic. Look at me. That's pathetic. We can do TikTok popping off. Facebook is going crazy. And YouTube, of all the places, 0.6% of you are subscribed that watch the videos. It's not hard. It is free. And it would give me warm, fuzzy feelings inside. That's all I'm asking. Not a lot. Honestly, it's a half a calorie to click a mouse button on the allotted area. Maybe a whole calorie if you count moving the mouse. Just please click the subscribe button. Hello and welcome to the Jimmer for Debt episode of the Hoop Theory Podcast, aka episode 75, which is in honor of his career-high 75-point game in the Chinese Basketball Association. My name is Logan Wortman, recording this one on the evening of Tuesday, February 20th, and as usual, I'm joined by my miniature co-host, Jacob Roth. Jacob, how does it feel to be on the Jimmer for Debt episode? It feels better than anyone could know. Mm. Shanghai Sharks, BYU. G League for the Kings, I think. Legend. I think so. Yeah. Stockton Jimmer, Kings. The Stockton Kings legend, Jimmer Fredette. Uh, man, F- glad we're here. 75 episodes. That's also kind of a, a, landmark. a big, a landmark, big one. But mm-hmm. I am glad that it is, it's here. Um, miniature is great adjective. Makes me feel good. I've been doing some running, having this beautiful <laughs> weather. Uh, for those that don't live in the Midwest, we're in the middle of a heat wave. Yeah. Uh, in February, if the temperature says like 40, you're kind of happy. 50, mm-hmm. you're like, this is delightful. We hit 70s in some places today, which is really? wild. Yeah, it got up to 70 in a couple a couple specks across the great state of Nebraska. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, with that being said, also great news that happened today and why I'm rocking NFL paraphernalia as opposed to NBA stuff. I had a dream, probably like late January, early February. I was sick, so your dreams are weird when you're like under yeah, the weather. Yeah, fever you know? dream. Mm-hmm. This fever dream involved Nebraska defensive coordinator Tony White getting the job at UCLA after Chip Kelly left. Okay. So maybe it, maybe I have the dates wrong. I just know that Chip Kelly had left. Tony White was brought up as one of the names that might go and take the job. Head coach. As the head coach, meaning Nebraska would lose its defensive coordinator. Okay. Yeah. Bill Belichick did not get a job in the NFL. 
So he's currently not having a job. I think he's going to be an analyst somewhere. Okay. I, in this dream, had this wild, like, Matt Rule and Bill Belichick are good buddies. They both love, like, football history, and they, like, chatted up. Well, it turns out that Bill Belichick and Matt Rule do know each other and are somewhat cordial with one another because Bill Belichick is the keynote speaker at the Nebraska's, like, coaching seminar. Oh, interesting. So Bill Belichick's going to be in Lincoln, Nebraska, and I'm going to take off work and go to it, I think. Oh, Uh, So I threw on my Christian Gonzalez jersey uh, because it was the Patriots jersey that fits me the best. And I don't want to put my Mac Jones on one on because that's a little tumultuous, unfortunately. Um, but looking forward to the draft. I wish Belichick was still in Foxborough, but I'm excited about the Gerard Mayo era. But I just was like on the moon. Like Bill Belichick's going to be in Nebraska. That's crazy. Yeah. The only thing that would have made it cooler is if he was, in fact, going to be like a defensive assistant and just get paid. I would have been on the moon. I would have gotten a Bill Belichick tattoo on my cheek, I think, my face. Like right here, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, that that was a totally off the wall thing to start. Did Bill ever coach in the uh, NCAA? Like no. He, is, no, he was a like special teams guy for Cleveland, and then he was a defensive coordinator for the Giants, and then mm. he became the head coach of the Patriots. Or maybe nice. I've got the order wrong. Maybe the Browns was head coach. Anyway, but it's all it, NFL. An eight-time Super Bowl winning coach, two times as a defensive coordinator with the Giants. And Lawrence Taylor, LT. Oh, wow. He and overlapped then, with Lawrence Taylor? Yeah. Wow. Because, uh, like, when he, re- when it, it wasn't retirement, but his leaving of the Patriots, he's like, I've had the privilege of coaching the greatest player at their. Yeah, the two like, goats, basically. Like the yeah. defensive goat, the offensive goat, and then, not to be disrespected, the special teams goat who retired today. And the tight end goat. Gronk? Matthew Slater. Gronk, I don't know if he's a tight end goat. Oh, okay. I, I think it I might be. Like he's up there for sure, but I was thinking about it and like I could this is again I'm this is not football theory. Yeah. I could keep going for a long time. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's that opens an interesting conversation that I would if we weren't on a basketball show right now, I would continue with you. But Yeah, we could do it sometime for sure. Yeah, we gotta give the people what they came for, and that's to talk about basketball. Which this reminds me, I wanna actually throw this out there as a shout out to my father in law because he told me recently that he was listening to an episode, um, it was several episodes ago, and it was when we, for some reason, went into, it was like a half hour thing on the NHL, guessing the the teams, oh, it, yeah. If you know the was, teams, yeah. He was like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm listening to the show to uh, try to get caught up on the NBA stuff, and I'm like, why are we talking about this? <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah. that's that's very fair. Very valid. So we're going to try to keep it more focused today, even though we've got off to a little bit of a slow start in the basketball department. Uh, we touched on Jimmer. And I guess moving on to the NBA, though, um, which is where Jimmer has not had a lot of experience. And that is to talk about the people who have had, you know, the basically the most success or our most at least projected success in that in that uh, field of you know, basketball being the NBA, the greatest league on the planet. And the the person who's basically going to take the mantle from LeBron, the face of the league, 
um, who, I mean, I think it was kind of went from Jordan straight to LeBron almost. There was a, maybe a little bit in between period, but a bit of Kobe, but I don't think that it was like at one point how- it was like, I think Kobe kind of shared it w- with like KG and, and Tim Duncan and Shaq, especially, you know? And I also think it's interesting because I think, unfortunately, obviously Kobe like passed away. We lost him way earlier than anybody wanted to. Yeah. I think that he would have had like a face of basketball, like post career. He just oh, would yeah. have been like around. I feel like he would have been like a huge WNBA proponent. He would have been all in. He on already this. was. Yeah. Like he mm-hmm. was. I feel like this Steph Ionescu shootout thing. I think that would uh-huh. have been all over his. He would have been everywhere parading it. And uh, mm-hmm. so he did not have his time as a player as the quote unquote face. Uh, with how like big of an all-time player he was in that top 15, top 10 range. Sorry, mm-hmm. people that are going to freak out that I said 15. <laughs> Look at people. There's too many good ones. That's yeah. just how it goes. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, so the face of the NBA, and I actually like had a question to pose to you, Logan, because I've seen a lot of people like angry about the uh, the the names that are being thrown around are like Giannis, mm-hmm. Shea, uh, Ant, Jason Tatum, but like Jokic is not included on these lists or in the graphics that ESPN and Fox make as often as Denver people would like. Which does seem a little weird that they're they reached for like Shea, Shea before Jokic. Do you really could you imagine Shea being the face of the NBA more than Jokic? Okay, so the I think that being the face of the NBA has like a couple of like pieces to it. One of the biggest one for like the NBA to acknowledge that you're just, no matter what's going on, you're going to be the guy that we push forward is you can't be like miles bridges will never be in consideration for the face of the NBA. Draymond green would never be in consideration. You have to be, I don't know. It's like not a hoodlum all the time. You have to have a clean image, a clean image. That's a better way to put it. A clean image. Mm -hmm. The second thing you got to be at the upper echelon of basketball. Yeah. So far, Jokic is totally clean. The third thing, which is where I think Jokic is like the lowest out of the three categories in my brain, is the like, I don't want to say marketability, but that's like the best, the outward like personality to be this marketable guy that like wants to, and we've like gone into like gone rounds talking about Jokic and like he doesn't not like basketball like very clearly. Yeah. That's like an overblown thing. Mm-hmm. But I still think that like the people, the way that people perceive Jokic outside of just basketball, but like as a person and as a, a personality is way less. It's like closer to how people view a regular guy than how they view LeBron. Yeah. Like they, they don't look at him with the same, which I feel like the face of the league has to have that. Like, almost gravitational, like, everyone either hates you or loves you and wants to know what's going on. People can't be indifferent about you. Yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. And I feel like Jokic... But I feel like SGA is the pinnacle of that. Like, even more than Jokic. Because Jokic, at least, is, like, goofy. And, like... Yeah. Like, he's lovable in a certain, like, charming way because of that. Like, SGA just... he Like, you barely ever even hear him say things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's very mysterious and, and he keeps it, everything really low key. He does not do like many interviews. He, the thing like he's, he dresses really cool and yep. he does some ads where he doesn't say anything <laughs> and he's just kind of there and things like that. But he doesn't, he doesn't really have a voice, you know? That's no, that's totally fair. 
I, I get that one. I think it is like it's Luca. I think is the clear like in your brain front runner because More he than has Giannis? the clean. Me- Luca, I think, has it for more of like his best years are yet to come. I still think Giannis. I don't know. And if, we might have seen the best version of Giannis already. Yeah, we we might have. that 2020, 2021 might have been peak Giannis, mm-hmm. and that was a crazy peak. Not disparaging the man at all. Yeah, that was an insane peak. And he's still at um, his peak right now, but I don't know if it's if anything. If he's gonna go, if he's gonna kick it up another level yeah, to be like uh-huh. a pantheon power forward center combo, which is kind of a congested spot to be. As it is, yeah. In terms of being, I mean, I think he's already on that trajectory, but it depends on how big your pantheon is. You know, how many people you're including. I'm more of a Mount Rushmore pantheon guy. Okay, four face, four for all, like both of the power forward and center positions combined. No, like a four for power forward and four for center. I feel like he gets a Mount Rushmore. He's probably he he'll probably end up in the top four for the power forwards, though. I'd say that's totally yeah that. That's totally I, I, put, I would probably put Giannis over Carl uh, Malone. And a lot of people put Carl Malone too. I, I don't agree with that, but. Duncan KG are the like, the, they are not movable at this time. There needs to be a lot more things that happen to move those guys. I understand some people not putting KG at two, but I, I personally not put at, two. I put yeah, KG at I, two. Um, but Also, if you haven't been listening very long, I very rarely can like, if I have any emotional connection I struggle to be very subjective and strictly factual. Uh-huh. So the the KG anything is possible. I won't put him over Duncan, but like if it's like oh it's close, I'm always gonna lean the KG uh-huh. or just the Boston guy route almost always. Yeah, I try to be self aware of it, but yeah, I that's just how it is. That's the way that this is gonna go. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna budge. But I'd say probably my Mount Rushmore right now. Carmelone is probably. Okay, so the five names right now without Giannis is Duncan, KG, Barkley, Dirk, yep. and Carl Malone. So, and I think that like the Barkley one is hard for me because obviously you didn't he didn't get the ring, but like he very he well was could have though a, as close as if he played in any era other era of basketball mm-hmm. in terms of like didn't have the Michael Jordan and Hakeem Olajuwon roadblocks to get through. Mm-hmm. Like, you feel like he would have. Yeah. If Charles Barkley was a late to mid-2000s star, whoever he's playing for is winning a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It feels like that, at least. Yeah, and, like, the, how how he was able to do it without... Like, there was, like, moments of his career that was, like... All, all the things outside of his control did not help him to win a championship, and he almost still won one despite those things not it was, aligning yeah, for him. It was like despite. Yeah. It was like everything is going wrong in the front office, the GM. Exactly. But we've got Charles Barkley, and he just kind of kept on trucking. Yep. He deserved to be one of the monsters in the first Space Jam. Mm-hmm. He deserved it. For sure. Um, That's the real staple of like what makes you one of the all-time greats. Yeah. I, Were you chosen to be one of the Space Jam guys? <laughs> So Detlef Shrimp is also goaded. Yeah. Or was that Detlef Shrimp? I thought it was, uh, what's it? Well, man, now I'm forgetting his name. Is it Sean Bradley? Yeah, Sean Bradley. It's Sean Bradley yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I apologize. I saw like a fade, white guy, flat top, tall, lanky, white. Yeah. And I kind of fuzzed some lines. Yeah. So I apologize. This guy's even uh, extra taller, which I think, I, I believe, did he pass away? Uh, Sean Bradley? Yeah. 
I, didn't he wasn't he the one that got in a bike accident? He did not pass away. But he, he was in critical care or something at one point. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is still alive, but it does look like he was in a rather serious accident. Yeah. Well, that's good that he was able to pull through. But yeah. Anyways, on to the rest of what we're talking about. I mean, the face of the NBA thing, like Jokic. I I understand the things holding him back from being like the unequivocal, like you know, face of the league. I think Luca is probably higher in that like Luca is more similar to LeBron for sure than like Jokic even Giannis I would say like people that have problems with Luca have like similar problems that people have the same vein yeah yeah so but I also don't know if we're gonna have a true face of the NBA or if it'll be like a committee for a while yeah because like we're not just gonna stumble into another guy where even people that don't watch basketball you say their name and people have an immediate visceral reaction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Positive or negative, they immediately have a reaction. Yeah, which to me, I'm I'm not sure if like do we need the face of the NBA to do that because I feel like most of the reactions that people get has it has to do with either politics or the goat conversation. And people just yeah. being like no, like I don't watch basketball, but I know like I sure as hell know LeBron ain't the goat. You know, like that's basically their whole basketball viewpoint. Um, So like that thing gets people riled up. So, I mean, if somebody gets good enough to like enter themselves into that conversation enough, then people, you know, will care about it like that. So like maybe we see that happen with Wimbenyama. Who knows? Um, Obviously, that would be the (laughs) that would be the ceiling of those guys. No, I'm serious. No, I'm serious. Jason Tatum gets disrespected constantly. You would say that Jason, you think Jason Tatum has a realistic chance of being in the GOAT conversation? Kind of, sort of, yeah. The man's only 25. I mean, maybe, yeah. In today's era of basketball, if he plays for his, let's say he plays to 38, Jason Tatum doing what Jason Tatum is doing right now obviously would need to win championships. That's not, like, that's a no-duh. Mm-hmm. But being the best guy on a team that constantly makes the Eastern Conference Finals or Finals, and you are definitively, without a doubt, the guy. Yeah. If he does that for until he's 38, not saying that that's a guaranteed, I think Jason Tatum's closer than like people will ever consider him to be. Maybe, yeah. At this point in time, obviously, there's no rings to match it, so you can't, like, I'm throwing nothing at a wall, but, like, he was a rookie. The best player on the team got hurt, and he had to step up, and they pushed the LeBron Cavs to Game 7. Yeah. It was almost a they Celtics were, as a rookie. They were 3-2, yeah. Like, it was, it was almost there. Mm-hmm. And then they've constantly got the only down year that they've had was the year that he got injured the most, and that was the 2019? 2020, 2021? 2021. I'm on the wrong side of COVID, I think. I think, I think it was 2021. Mm-hmm. That's the only time that there's ever been any like super low. Obviously, he's not there yet. And that was the only time we've seen uh, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving all play together on the same team in a a playoff series. Was that playoff series? That one series. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I know that I'm being like a little over the top because it's like the Boston thing, as I alluded to earlier. But Mm. Jason Tatum, I think, has as much of a say to be in at least the face of the league conversation as, as anybody else does. Anybody else does. 
I could see that for sure. Face of the a perennial part. because top of, because being American helps a lot. I think being a top five ish MVP candidate almost every year. Yeah. Not every like obviously there was a couple years of growing pains, but at least the past four or five, it's like at one point during the season He's he the, was in the MVP race, a yeah. legitimate contender. Mm-hmm. Constantly being that good in a big market like Boston. Mm-hmm. I just think that uh, I feel like he's been disrespected slightly. That's been boiling up for a long time. That like one thing obviously was not what, but I just feel like the Jason Tatum like feel everyone's like, well, he should have already done something. Then he already should have won championship. He's twenty five. Yeah, and Jordan never won until he was twenty seven, twenty eight. LeBron also. Thing. I get like Tatum's also never been on atrocious teams. He's never been like yeah. The weight he's pulling isn't dead weight. I get that also. No, It's way better than dead weight. But Uh I also feel like LeBron didn't start to win things until he had also not dead weight. It was way later into LeBron's career when he pulled a a middle-of-the-road Cavs team to the finals. You know what I mean? No, wasn't it? To win the finals. To win the finals. Not to get to the finals. To win the finals. Sorry. Yeah, 2016 Cavs, though, were still pretty good. I'd say I don't think LeBron's dragged a nothing like dead weight to win the whole thing. I don't think that's happened, honestly. 2016, because yeah. like Ky- that was Kyrie and Kevin Love, they were both healthy that year, you know. Good and yeah, and a lot of people think that. Uh, I'm not saying that some people think that Kyrie's actually the one that won him that series. So I'm just kidding. I mean, he, some people do actually believe that that Kyrie's the only reason they beat Golden State in 16. Well, LeBron if Kyrie had to wasn't, do with it. yeah. LeBron had the majority uh, to do with it. Just because he mm-hmm. wasn't the one that made like the shots that get clipped permanently forever. The last shot of Game Seven. But that that shot, yeah, yeah. But he he made the block, the chase down block. Um, yeah, on Iguodala. Mm-hmm. Which uh, some people still think should have been a goaltend because his hand did touch the rim. But that would have been a wild call <laughs> if that would have okay. happened. Also. <laughs> It was his Dude, other hand. In big it, moments like that, everyone needs to realize that sometimes weird little finicky parts of rules yeah. go out the window. Uh-huh. The Chiefs technically had an illegal man downfield this year in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. because the center, Creed Humphreys, was one yard past the line of scrimmage, and it was a pass play. Yeah. Or one yard past the two-yard bubble they give him or whatever it was. It's the win to Super Bowl. No, it's little weird intricacies like that don't get called. When is that? Hail Marys in football? Never anything. Uh-huh. It's just how it is. The push off from Jordan. I didn't get called. Yeah, I honestly don't even, I don't know how to call that one, but I think that was, I, I honestly don't think that's, that would be called most times. Most of the times. Personally. Regular season I, It's game, hard to tell. Charlotte on a Tuesday. It's, just, har- it's very hard to tell how much, it's kind of impossible to tell, honestly, how much that was his, the player's momentum. And how much and was how much it was Jordan pushing off assisted momentum. Yeah, yeah. But uh, um, so I didn't. I did not mean to derail our little talk about the face of the league by my Jason Tatum <laughs> doesn't deserve more respect. But I'm kind of irritated about the like almost this. I think he's above Shea. I put Tatum above Shea for sure. He's just not a new fancy fun hot commodity, and so people are like, whatever. But I'm like, no, he's still crazy young. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the start of his peak, probably. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And he's been kind of a dude before it started, air quotes. Oh, yeah. 
No, I agree. I, I think they're, yeah, Tatum is definitely higher than a, a lot of, I mean, there's some people on our TikTok comments or one guy specifically that's had a repeated opinion that he's given about how Tatum's not even top 50 <laughs> in the league right now. He's just trying to farm me for engagement. Uh, I'm not going to acknowledge you, guy. <laughs> Derek White. The Celtics have five players in the top 50 in the NBA. That they and that's have, not they crazy. For that. That's yeah. facts. Factual facts. I don't know if I would say facts, but it is definitely very... You, you could make that... Like, you could say that, and it's not crazy to say at all. I think there's four in the top 30. Four in the top 30? Who's the fourth one in the top 30? Drew Holiday. I mean, last year, I would probably say yes, or two years ago. I don't know. I don't punish a man for taking a lesser role. Yeah, but he's but also he getting But he does old. his role insanely well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fair. I haven't watched enough Drew Holiday to really have my finger on the pulse of that one. I've but, watched almost all of it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so face of the NBA, I guess, is still up in the air. You know, we, we, haven't, we haven't figured it out and solved it for everybody here today, but... Um, also, would you... Would you like to make a wager here on uh, Hoop Theory? Uh, sure. LeBron says that he is 50-50 whether or not he'll have a, uh, a farewell tour season. Uh, Did he say 50-50? I saw the He said a 50-50. Okay, yeah. I'm willing to put almost my life savings on what 50% that's going to land on. Yeah, um, I agree. He's I mean, going to have a farewell tour. I, I, I believe what he's saying in terms of like he's had that thought before, but I never in a million years feel like if he if it came down to it and he had to flip a coin for it, you know, and it landed on that he had to do no farewell to her. Like he, he would, would not so, be if okay he knows that. that this is his last right ahead of the season. Yeah. Uh-huh, exactly. I think the only way that we don't get one is if he like gets hurt and he's like, I don't know. I don't want to like battle back through this. I was going to be done next year anyway. Mm hmm. Like, that's the only world where I feel like we don't get a, at least at the minimum, like, at the all-star break, his team's not going to make the playoffs. And he's like, shower me with gifts because I'm leaving. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I doubt, I doubt it's just like at the end of the season, like, like this past one where he said something like about, like, that's not going to happen that way. I highly doubt that. That's just that would be I, so out of nowhere for LeBron. Character. Yeah. I, just out of character. It would not make sense. Uh-huh. It's, yeah, especially with last year, like there's always been this talk is he's gonna try and play with Bronny, like that's always been a thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Ron doesn't, LeBron doesn't try to stick around and uh, play with Bryce. Yeah, for it's sure. Just three more seasons. It's not that big of a. Deal. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, damage that a NBA season puts on a human being's body is often undersold. But yeah, for sure. But I guess moving on to the next thing that we have today. Uh, that is something that Jacob actually wanted to talk about when we were prepping for this episode. And that was, he said, you said that, that it was content that everybody, it was like, it was obligatory. Everybody has to talk People about it. People were farming content for this. Yeah. And so that's the Caitlin Clark, uh, the new uh, WNBA, not WNBA, women's NCAA N record, scoring record of career points uh, that she passed. Uh, Kelsey Plum recently. By scoring 54, too, didn't she score 54 in that well, game? Well, she only needed eight that night. Yeah. And then had 50-something during the game. Yeah. And the shot that she actually, the actual shot she made to, to pass. Poetic. Yeah, it was like a half court. On the, on the, on the beak of the Hawkeye, just let it fly. Yeah, so it was like a yeah, logo three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those, her shots are just ridiculous, honestly. But 
I guess where, what direction did you want to go with this? I, did you want well, to bring up the any controversies of things well, people have okay. talked about? First off, I think it is obnoxious for Jay Williams to say, I'm not ready to call her great yet. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> There'd be a difference if he were to say, I'm not willing to call her an all-time great yet or one of the greatest yet. Mm -hmm. Even then, I'd kind of have a problem with that. But and he said least... because she hasn't won anything. Yeah. Uh, you know what she did do? Score more points than anyone else. Yeah. That is a measurable metric. And, yeah, and there's not like an exception to that, like she's played an extra year or anything. Like I've seen that there was this one person that was on the show with Gilbert Arenas, which Gilbert Arenas, handshake to you, sir, for like literally every single terrible take that I see, like every single like clip of somebody saying something that's just like not true and that's getting a lot of engagement, you know, it's always your show. Why? Like just stop it. Somebody needs to fact check things or something. You know what I mean? Like, don't just put yeah. out just lies into the world all the time. Yeah, um, no, everybody gets confused because she was a college student during the COVID year, but has not used her COVID year of eligibility. Yet. Yeah, she would be able to next year. She will not. I would actually I mean, she, with NIL. It doesn't matter if she does. She already beat the record before. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. In the same time frame that other and, people and had, less she beat games, the record. Less games than Kelsey Plum set the record. So, but she was saying how she it's like to me for it to count as the record you have to do it in four years it's like okay she is in her fourth year right now also she's played less games <laughs> so uh i don't you have a zero point here um and well and also i think that uh and then it, like immediately the second she broke the record everyone started talking about her like she was the greatest player in the wnba right now they like skipped the, the March Madness, they skipped everything and were like, when she's in the WNBA, she's going to be the best player on the court. And I'm like, I don't think that people understand that there's like people that can shoot like Caitlin Clark in the WNBA that also are bigger than her and play very good defense. I do, like Caitlin Clark is like maybe six foot, maybe. Mm -hmm. Why the WNBA is not the same as the NBA, six foot in the WNBA is still like being a six, three, six, four guy in the NBA. You're like, not insanely tall. You're like your height will be something you have to combat. You're like and a deal big, with. a big guard, probably. I would a say six foot's like a big guard. Yeah, I would guess. So like six four, six five. Oh yeah, yeah. For like the equivalent, as like to I would to equivalent so. over to the NBA. I'm not sure exactly, know. but I would guess something like that. Just, just rough ballpark. Yeah, yeah. And I just think that like we also had somebody comment us on TikTok that Caitlin Clark could be anybody in the NBA. In a game to 11, shooting ones and twos. Not anybody, if but so, some NBA players, I think. Is oh, what some is. NBA players. Yeah. Uh, by shooting ones and twos. And I'm like, in like a shooting drill, I'll the same way that I was not like worried, like I thought that the Sabrina Ionescu would be close. If it was just shooting, like a shooting drill, yeah, for sure. She would knock down shots with the best of them. With Curry, probably even. Mm -hmm. But in a one-on-one -on -one where there's like defense being played and rebounds with, if you miss with an nba athlete like, with an nba level athlete even if you were to try to cherry pick the shortest slowest short guy that exists but guess what they're not in the, the yeah NBA. exactly they don't exist <laughs> if you're short you're insanely fast or insanely athletic yeah or, so there's like yeah you, get, you have something that's it's superhuman that's that's making you an nba player like, I saw somebody said that in a full-court one-on-one game, uh, they thought that Caitlin Clark would beat Rudy Gobert 11-0, to or 21-0. to 
is it like make it take it and she starts with the ball maybe is that it, it was full court so i assume oh, it has to be make it but i think their point was like she could run circles around rudy gobert and i'm like rudy gobert doesn't gotta run that far when he can just reach the also, three point line from the paint that's just not true rudy gobert stay he can stay with the guys on the perimeter better than like just Throwing this out there as a handshake to Rudy Gobert, this is probably his, has been his best season defending on the perimeter, um, and he's never been a like a stiff. Like people just clip moments of him getting crossed up by Stephen Curry and Chris Paul, two of two of the greatest point guards in NBA history. It's like, oh wow, uh, at doing that expression, like yeah, who else is above? Kyrie Irving is the only person that's like above that harder, yeah. harder to guard, yeah. like in a one on one scenario. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And yeah, I don't, it's it just a seven foot one. Yeah, no duh. A seven foot one center like rim protector is going to get lost trying to guard somebody like that. But he stays with NBA guards pretty, pretty well. So I don't think I, I Caitlin Clark, I'm not trying to disrespect like skill, skill wise, definitely on par with a lot of things that NBA players are doing. But like a, there's only only so much like a, a physically normal person or or like, you know, ordinary person can do against like this the superhumans that are in the nba um yeah like yeah imagine the best basketball player on your high school team mm -hmm. unless the best basketball player in high school was like harrison barnes or something i know a guy that the best like he went to the same high school as harrison barnes oh wow and doug mcdermott actually because they were at iowa state in ames wow they went to the same anyway i didn't even know that that's how i understood the story he was telling anyway Unless you have like that level of the best player on your high school team would get w absolutely washed by probably Caitlin Clark, honestly, as how crazy of like skill skill wise some of the upper echelon WNBA players or high level college basketball like it's mm -hmm. the gap between us actually I'm gonna I'm gonna quote the man himself the White Mamba Brian Scalbrini the gap between me <laughs> and you is bigger is further than me and LeBron yeah. Uh -huh. just replace Brian Scalabrini with like the average high school basketball player. I'm actually messing up this analogy. Yeah. yeah they replace Brian Scalabrini with Caitlin Clark, I think is what you mean. And then you as the best high school basketball player, you know? Yeah. I'd, I would say it's probably Caitlin Clark's probably closer to that guy than LeBron. I, yeah, but yeah. yeah, that's fair. But I'm a bit facetious, but no, there's still definitely a gap there. I feel like, like, like the, I don't think there's, it's crazy, you know, hearing the story this weekend, um, All-Star Weekend, for those of you who don't know when, when we're recording this, when Sabrina Ionescu, I told you the wrong pronunciation you asked me before. It's Ionescu? Yeah, Ionescu. But I, I, I always, when I read it, I just see Ionescu. I. But, yeah, Ionescu. But she uh, apparently wanted to play on the boys team back when she was like in middle school or, or something like that, because like she was to feel something yeah she was a lot better than all the girls that she was playing with and something that like that i feel like that definitely was i don't think that was like unrealistic especially in middle school like where you know girls are they advance physically faster than the boys do development wise i feel like that definitely could have been something that was realistic but there's some people out there that just you know think it's like no matter what they're always like a tier below or whatever you know and that's just not true to be honest. But yeah, this Caitlin Clark thing though, uh, it's pretty, pretty wild. I don't, I've watched like too much of it myself, but seeing the clips and seeing like the highlights of it is very fun to watch. Just the, like the aesthetic of like her, all of her half court shots, the way, just the way they go in a lot of the time is just like very pleasing. 
you know? Just, it's always just this crisp, just, you yeah. feel like it makes that, just, just that noise. Yeah, it just every drops time. in. It's like, that's where it was meant to be, you know? It's yeah. where the ball was meant to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, But yeah, I guess, was there anything else on the Caitlin Clark thing besides the Jay Williams and yeah, whatever I the just, other girl's name was? Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I feel like that's basketball. And I just think it's crazy that people like, it's not that hard to like look at what's happening on the court and then like properly place like competition. If someone's doing crazy things, mm-hmm. the fact that they're not playing as high level of competition does not diminish that as much as people as much as people. It, yeah. Do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, so. I think Caitlin Clark will probably be really good in the WNBA as soon as she gets there. I don't know if she'll be like the best player. I guess I don't even know who's considered the the best player in the world right now. Even probably like there's like a a Yukon multi-headed horse of a lot of people that all went to not all went to Yukon, but it was like like Brianna Plum's Stewart. up there, Brianna Stewart's up there, uh uh Ionescu. Ionescu. Ionescu's up there. I think it's kind of a, a, a top of the top of the mountain mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah. Is Asia Wilson that good? Yes. Also. Okay. Yeah. I think Plum's on the kind of the top of the hill because she's the best player on the back to back champs. Mm-hmm. So that would kind of probably put you in that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. But it, it is cool to see, though, that I feel like the like women's basketball and like the audience for it is growing like a lot. I don't know if you feel the same way, but. Um, I think that's kind of all chick sports in general. All chick sports in general. <laughs> I guess I could have worded that better. Uh, I feel like that's kind of all women's sports or girls' sports, whatever way you want to look at it in general. Yeah. Um, like it's kind of like mean? a rising tide. Like volleyball. Like volleyball, I think, is getting bigger. I think like there's like a professional volleyball league now. There's two, actually, apparently. They're both. I just co- know in the, U- the U.S. Are they like competing? Not, like they're going to be two different leagues. I don't know if they're ever going to cross over at all, but there's going to be two teams in Omaha. Two professional volleyball teams in no, Omaha. They just need to merge. Just become one league. Yeah, don't I, do I, this. Don't yeah. divide it. That's dumb. It's, it seems like anyway. a way to set it up to fail, honestly. But w- the one of them, the Supernova, Omaha Supernova, Jason Derulo is a part owner. <laughs> yep. Of, which I just think is just random and funny. But yeah, no, but it, I guess me being kind of tied up in the basketball, basketball world only, just seeing all the posts from like WNBA and, and women's basketball stuff where like in the past, every time if there was ever a, a post on our feeds about women's basketball, you like guarantee open up the comments. All of them are going to be like, you know, negative, making fun of it, you know, that type of stuff that still exists for sure and still is very prevalent. But I feel like this this is really the first season that I've I've noticed like repeatedly every time I open those comments for the most part. There's so there's a, a lot of people that are actually they know what they're talking about and are interested in women's basketball, you know, and they're talking about it like that. And like it's like real discussion and real interest. And then there's some people that take it way too far. Honestly, there's the people that I feel like because of the animosity coming from the men's basketball fans that are like, you know, always crap on the women's stuff. They feel the need to like overcompensate and go, you know, directly back the other way with the same energy that are like. This is why the WNBA is just le- so many levels above the NBA now with the just the amount of skill and fundamentals. And, you know, it's just like, OK, I agree that it should like it's there's real entertainment and real like basketball to be had had there. And like, I definitely see that. 
But let's chill out with that, like with the saying that it's not even close <laughs> with the with you the You can NBA. make a roster of the worst players in the NBA. And be, win a WNBA championship. It's not sexist. Easily. It's not sexist to say that. That's I'm sorry. Basic logic. And yeah. That. But I don't know. I, I just feel like there's... There's nuance to be had with like I'm I get mad at people all the time like I was a very staunch defender of the people and comments for some reason this whole time and still I've been seeing people getting mad about her uh, Sabrina Ionescu using the WNBA ball in the three point competition she had against Steph and I'm like why do you care it, I I still do not understand yes it is a smaller ball going into a the same size of hoop so it's like scientifically it's a little a little bit easier but you know what is also true if steph using a wnba ball he's not doing any he's not doing better he's doing worse than if he uses the nba ball so shut up (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean just like leave it alone um yeah it's not it's not worth it yeah also i i am not as familiar with because like wnba i am a very i'm not pretending like i watch the wnba i Mm -hmm. don't i have a bare minimum level like everybody in the comment sections that say they watch basketball and then very clearly don't that's how i am with the wnba uh so john wilson is also on the aces who as well as kelsey plum asia wilson oh yeah uh kelsey plum candace parker all three of them are on the las vegas aces oh and that's the team that's one back to back oh yeah yeah for sure i knew that for some reason, I was getting confused with them. Uh, is there only one New York team, the Liberty? I think. Okay. For some reason, I was thinking of there was another one, but yeah, it makes sense. I know the Connecticut Sun, the oh. Dallas Wings. Connecticut Sun is a team that doesn't even make sense. I'm pretty sense. sure it's the Connecticut Sun. It's like such I a. I know random... Chicago Sky. Yeah, for sure. The LA Sparks, Sparks. are LA's. Mm-hmm. Um, Phoenix Mercury, I, I believe. Yep. Uh, the Minnesota Lynx. Links. Yeah. Um, uh, we don't need to name all all the teams, but um, yeah, I, I definitely am a advocate. I guess I would say, like, I I'm I'm excited, and I think it's it's good. It's a good thing, like the uh, advancement that we're seeing in in women's sports and and the growth that we're seeing in that. It's awesome, honestly. But uh, to, this kind of ties into the the Sabrina thing that we kind of started going into the Steph versus Sabrina Ionescu uh, three point shootout where. Uh, Sabrina actually made 26 uh, out of a possible 40 points, you know, uh, which would have been, it would have tied the the highest in the men's event that night where Dame took home the trophy in the final round by scoring 26. And then Steph immediately went out and, and scored 29, which was two off of his record. Uh, his record is 31. Uh, Sabrina has the record, which if you, if nobody's seen that video, you need to watch it. Um, cause somebody commented on one of our videos of us talking about the Sabrina thing before the event happened, uh, the one on Instagram, somebody commented on it and said, Steph will destroy her or something like that. Uh, Sabrina's never played or she's never played in front of more than 10 people or something like that. Okay. Also, you know who no one watches the, the, all the all-star people that are at that game are like celebrity people. And then also. Anybody look at the ratings for the All-Star game? Five million people for the weekend. That was the average viewership. That's for, terrible. Per, like, event? Or, what? like, how does For that... the average viewership across the weekend, five million people. Okay. Hmm. 
That's for very low. Yeah. Terrible. For all star. Yeah. Um, so what is your point? <laughs> what are you saying? Uh, she's definitely played in front of more. Obviously, 10 was a like the crowds aren't like packed NBA arenas. Oh, but she's like, well, yeah, in, I mean, she's definitely played yeah. in front of a lot of people. And and like my whole point in saying this is like, go watch the video of her making like shooting, having a 37 point three point contest like that. She did that in, in an arena full of people, you know, like more than 10 people <laughs> for sure. Exact same format. So three points shy of a perfect three point contest. Yeah. And she was shooting from the WNBA line, obviously, but again, nothing wrong with that. Also the line, like the numbers we said back in the, you know, uh, original video we were doing, I found the wrong numbers. They were old. Apparently the WNBA line is the same as the new men's college line. And yeah, that's what FEMA. we said in the video. No, he didn't. I put, I put up a graphic what... that said that in post editing. Oh, but I like originally the number we were saying for the women's for WNBA was twenty foot six. It's actually twenty two feet one inch and three one and three quarters of an inch. Yeah, we talked about that like extensively. We never Unless said that I was get... the WNBA line. We said that was the NCAA. That was the college men's line in the video. Oh, now I'm tracking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We said it was the men's yeah. line, but we the yeah we were we were giving a different number for the WNBA, which yeah, no, in sorry. actuality those are the same. It's actually the line. Yeah, twenty two and a half, or you know that number. That's hard to say. <laughs> um, and that's also where the FIBA line is. So where we saw all those NBA players playing this summer, same line that the it's not it's like my whole point is it's not like a different world of of a distance. It's like not that it's not that huge yeah. of a of a gap. And this kind of brings up the whole Kenny Smith thing that I feel like we had a good conversation about yesterday, but um, I think we should probably touch on that here as well, because I, I don't know. I, I like to talk about things, I, I guess, that are like if I have thoughts on them that I feel like are not popular or like that are original to me more so than I like to discuss them. But um, like I definitely understand people like I watched the Rich Eisen show, uh, his clip of him talking about the. Kenny Smith thing after our conversation yesterday. And I definitely see like the points of like how Kenny Smith was kind of missing the point or like ruining the moment in a, in a sense. By... And then doing the Kenny Smith thing of not shutting up. Yeah, exactly. And that's just Kenny Smith being Kenny Smith. But mm, that's all right. Yeah, I that, cut you off. yeah. But that's my whole point though, too, is like the, the thing that people were annoyed about that I've, I've seen people saying that they're annoyed about is like how he wouldn't stop on it. And I was like, but that's that's just how Kenny Smith is all the time. That's my main problem with Kenny Smith on All Star Game or All Star Saturday Night uh, calls. I've never liked it, those broadcasts. Never enjoyed them because I don't know why they keep giving it to Kenny Smith. I don't know who it appeals to, but like him every single dunk contest, like repeating "It's over, it's over," or like just different lines here and there that he just will say over and over it's like that's not at a certain point it's like it's stops becoming commentary you know what i mean and it's just like being a a, a weirdo <laughs> it's like just calm down please stop saying the same words over and over but yeah so he was kind of doing that with the WNBA line thing saying that she should shoot from there but the thing i will defend kenny smith on is i don't think that the angle he was approaching it from was like a the the way that a lot of people seem to be reacting to it, which like a lot of people I've seen say like what they think he was saying 
was like he was limit, put, putting a yeah it was demeaning and he was putting a limit on women and saying like you guys need to stay in your box and shoot from where you want to shoot or shoot from where you need to shoot from type of thing as opposed to where you want to shoot from yeah when in actuality i don't think he was saying like you uh sabrina you're not allowed to shoot from there if you want to you know it's it just more like i think he was he thought he was defending her you know by saying like in actuality this is not her comfort zone yeah this like, isn't her comfort zone. this isn't like a showing it's it, this isn't really truly showing in a vacuum who's the better shooter just by going from the same distance because sabrina does not shoot from that distance normally it's like if if steph played in fiba like he never played at the nba was always playing in fiba on, on fiba rules from the fiba line he would not be good as the current steph is at shooting from the from nba the line. nba line it's just facts you know? Because you would you don't have reps at that distance. Exactly. So it doesn't make him a worse shooter. It just makes him like a he's more tuned in from a different distance. And I think no, it's, it's like that's all the point that Kenny Smith, I feel like, was trying to trying to make. You know. And I just think it's because it's Kenny Smith, it didn't come off like that at all. Yeah. Because if you would have said that and then like maybe like after uh Reggie Miller made like the big like not to do about it, but like said, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Clarified and then been done. Yeah. I think it would have been fine, but it didn't stop until like the start of the dunk contest and then like kept going on into the dunk contest. Yeah. And it he, just, it just he, didn't stop. One of the lines that a lot of people freaked out about. And I also am like, yeah, I probably shouldn't. He probably shouldn't have said that was the, the golf tee comment about how there's women's golf tees and there's men's golf tees for a reason. It was like, okay, what are you insinuating with that? I think I all like still all he's trying to say is like, like that's you shoot from where you shoot from because that's where you shoot from, and that's where it shows like how good of a shooter you are, you know, because that's that's what you do, not necessarily because like it's shorter, you yeah. know. It, it, yeah, yeah, I I I was just more like, I can't stand when Kenny Smith is not just at the desk where like. He's fine when he's with Ernie I Johnson agree. and Charles. Like he's great there, mm -hmm. but because he gets like cut off. Yeah. When he is just given a mic and it's not turned off ever, uh -huh. it just is a lot. Yeah, it is. I agree. That could help fix the All Star Game or All Star Weekend. I've just seen all you know all these people going off about how to fix how it. to fix it, and that could be an improvement, honestly, in my book. But I think that's a good segue to to actually go to that. Is like I guess All Star Weekend overall what improvements can be made because i know you you had some thoughts i don't know if we really got into them but i heard at least a, a tad bit of like your reaction to the game and, and the weekend as a whole i guess did was it like a disappointment or a letdown to you no it's exactly what i expected to be but it's mm -hmm. like a letdown like 12 year old me would be heartbroken like yeah. that's this thing that i and that's also probably just the fact that i'm not 12 anymore yeah. um I think the thing that got me the most is like, obviously I'm not in the camp. Like some people were like the hardest game that these all-stars should play should be the all-star game. That shouldn't be the, where they put forth the most, like some people are in that camp I, where somebody, they have to have somebody said that no, not verbatim, but like people want it to be that more intense, high intensity, like take the game extraordinarily seriously. Yeah. I'm not in that camp. Like some uh -huh. people are, but I'm also opposed to the like Dame just saying F it, I'm going to shoot from here for no reason. And yeah. like, and then getting rewarded for that instead of Halliburton or like someone else that had a equally as fun and flash did some cool 
fun, flashy things like what the All-Star game has kind of turned into is how can you be flashy and fun? Yeah. Like Maxi threw the behind the elbow. And if Dame runs instead of going to that the three-point line, Halliburton. I missed uh, messed up the Tyrese's. Yeah. If uh Halliburton like throw did I say Halliburton for who should have won MVP too? Yeah. Or you said Maxie? you said Halliburton the first time, okay. and then you said Maxi for so, the elbow pass. Like Halliburton did like the elbow pass, and like if Dame doesn't decide, oh, I'm only gonna take the threes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not only, I, but I think he took like of his twenty something shots. He had 23, 16, 23 three point attempts of his twenty six attempts. <laughs> if he just runs the lane, that makes that Halliburton clip even more legendary. Yeah, which to you be fair, I mean? um, like a, a modern running the break that for a guard, like in a normal game, that is where Dame would go is to the corner for sure. But and like, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's just that elbow pass is made for a different era or different time for when you have two guys running the lane like beside each other almost you know which yeah. doesn't really happen that much anymore but no. it's re- it's really hard to try to get the, an elbow pass go, to go from the middle 20 of the key, something foot yeah all the way like as a crisp pass all the way to, <laughs> to somebody in the corner you know that'd be wild um and and i just feel like everything like in the game was just kind of like it felt like it was dudes like before a practice just kind of shooting around and they happened to be that wasn't the whole game but there was just a lot of stretches that felt like it was just this whatever who cares but then there was moments where like the fun parts of it like <laughs> Jokic and Luka running the fast break without dribbling that was fun yeah I like that a lot yeah that, I mean that was fun just them th- throwing See, it back and forth and the reason like, that stuff I liked but like then there was just and I don't want to just harp on Dame because a lot of guys did it but just like the randomly pulling up with like no fun, flashy, anything. Just like, I'm going to throw this up from half court because I can. Yeah. And that's cool sometimes, but I, I don't know. I, just, I might you, be in the minority. You wish that every... Know. No, you're definitely not in the minority. That's for sure. In um, terms of where I sit on it, I don't think most people... People are either like, oh, it's perfect. How Not perfect, but oh, I like how it's just this whatever. I just want it to be like probably lean where they're having more fun than like serious, but just like... Just... Yeah. Tap I just it don't more want it to be like a joke. Yeah. I don't know if did you see anything about how the Adam Silver how he was like just deflated when he gave he handed out the trophy at the end, um, like the way my that my favorite was the the way that he ahead. said it was like he was like uh you you guys your team scored more points, so congratulations, here's your trophy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, the other thing that kind of I was already anticipating not liking the game. Because Larry Bird pleaded them to take the game seriously that morning. And then, really? Like, yeah, to their there faces? Was like, no, like, into a bit. I don't know if the guys were sitting in the front. Like, in front of a microphone, giving a big speech was like. Yeah. Like, take, essentially, take this game seriously. Like, uh-huh. it was a big deal for us. It's a big deal for you guys, too. But it just seems like it's, 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 he didn't say it was under it. But he's like, people don't look at it the same as they used to. Yeah. Take this game seriously. Write that. And then deaf ears it fell on not yeah. it didn't but also and, and my, it's uh, not everybody's fault because it's hard to like be one guy out there trying to set the tone you know um, Jalen brown tried to do it th- yeah there were some people brown or, and jason tatum didn't touch the all-star game trophy they just looked at it what is we're winning it all they're locked in they don't want any trophy that isn't the larry o'brien okay <laughs> I was trying to figure out where you're going to like what angle you're going to spin that at. But um, the 
yeah, I think that there's like some players out there that were kind of wanting to try to set the tone or trying to like Car on Three Towns definitely was going hard for sure. Um but like it's just Is that the quietest is that the quietest fifty points? For everyone listening that barely watched it, did you know that Carl Anthony Towns had 50 points? Because I feel like that was the most buried everything ever. Yeah. No one talked about a 50-burger. Yeah, he played Even a lot. Even in a game like that, 50 is impressive. Yeah. But no one cared. He shot a lot, though. <laughs> like, a yeah, lot. I think, I think he took, like, like, 40 shots. Yeah, it was... In an all-star game. Like, that's insane. We're supposed to... Yeah, but I mean, this was the first time an All Star game has got to two hundred points by a team, a single team, which is kind of cool. But it's also like, I, I don't know why they why did they get rid of the Elam ending? I don't understand. And I I've heard people say that they liked that they got rid. Of, why? Why did you? That was like that. The Elam ending made it so like, even though there was a a full game of like nothing going on, at least the end there was like some competitive like you know something. Yeah. Because you, you're uh, never out of it. You still have a chance. Yeah. So I don't know I, why uh, we got rid of that and it got like just garbage time at the end. But the whole game kind of felt like garbage time. Exactly. Uh, I think, and you brought this up, uh, play, make king of the court. Yeah. Where guys make it, teams of threes or something. Oh, yeah. I think and we should got, expand the all-star teams in general. We can still do five 15s. on five and just do like. You know, fifteen on each side for from the uh, conferences. You split that up into four. Well, I guess you would have to go sixteen. Well, when we add a new team, we just go sixteen, or new teams per con- you know one per conference. Sixteen, sixteen players. So that way, it's an even, nice even number. So four teams of eight players. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be good because then that way you have a solid rotation of like people. And that's playing a good pretty much the same format that the Rising Stars game is turned into. Yep. Um. But I also think that that would be cool because then, like, I like the king of the court thing where guys aren't stuck on teams. Because then we could bring back guys wearing their team's jersey as opposed mm-hmm. to an, an in-general all-star game jersey. I would So, like, you'd have, like, a home and away, mm-hmm. and then you'd, like, throw on, obviously, whichever one you're supposed to be wearing. So then it'd kind of feel like NBA blacktop, which would be cool. Yeah. Um, And then that I just think that then you could get, like, Let's say that like AD, Kawhi, and Steph make a little team. Then you're like, okay, we're just going to build something to try to beat that out of the remaining guys. And it just turns into like watching guys have fun playing basketball for two hours or so an hour. You, and a, wait, how does this work? You're, you're building teams while you're put going or how? No, you'd have like a team of, or you do five, whatever. You have a team of five playing. And yeah. then if they get to 21 first, they just stay. Like you turn it into like oh you're doing okay I thought we were doing like the rising stars like tournament thing or you could do the tournament thing that would either way, I just think that it would be I like the idea of the like king of the court where they stay and then like okay the rest of the all stars try to make so it's not really even a game but it's like a it's just an event it's just yeah. a thing mm-hmm. or my other pivot is just go the route of the MLB winner of the all star game gets home court advantage yeah okay. That's that's definitely a big key point that we're going to dive into here. But uh, before we get into that, you brought up the jersey thing. I do. I am a huge fan of the players wear their team jerseys. Like I think that in most years is like that's the way to go. But I do want to like give credit to. I think these might be my favorite All Star jerseys ever. 
crisp. They I'm not were, even kidding. They were so I was, good. I was about these. These were good. Though these uh, were uh like I, I love the, I, the subtle pinstripes. Yeah, like when we get to five thousand followers on TikTok, if someone wants an all-star jersey, I will also get one when they get one. Yeah. Like I nice. will also be getting a Jason Tatum uh-huh. all-star jersey. 2024 for sure. all-star jersey. Um, yeah, like guaranteed. And I think I would just like the the team color thing. Because like in football, the all like when they used to do like the full padded Pro Bowl, mm-hmm. they would wear their team's helmet. So there was like At least they something. all had the same jersey on, but they had the same helmet. And then they didn't have the same helmet. They they didn't sorry, they didn't have the same helmet. They had their team's helmet on. Mm-hmm. I just feel like in the NBA, the the whites on the color, I just think that was a uh peak all-star. I just think that that was cool. But I, I agree. that is a great shout out to whoever we've been dogging on Nike and Jordan, who's ever been making jerseys because of the city edition just being kind of Terrible. pumping them out. Yeah. Um, and some of them being rough. A lot of them have grown on me, but some of them never will. I will never like the Pelicans City Edition this year. Me neither. I'll almost never like the Indianapolis one. Me neither. I was, that was literally the one I was going to bring up to you. I why did why. I call it Indianapolis? Some people, some people really like because, I mean, they play in Indianapolis. But some people really like that one. I don't understand it. I don't like the Indy one. I don't like the Denver one still. I might even, I might even dislike it more now. Like, it might have grown off of me. Like, I didn't like it ever. But, you know. I'm, it the Boston ones always grow on me. Always. I love the Boston ones. I love the Boston ones. I love I'm talking about every year. Like, even when, like, I was skeptical about some of them, they always grow on me. Yeah, and one that has definitely, like, held up to me, the one that I really liked uh, before the season started, but it was a little, like, that might be a little gimmicky. I'm not sure how well it's going to age. Is just grown stronger and stronger. The Knicks jerseys are so freaking fire. I love them. I hated them with the court, yeah. but I like them. Now that the court is gone... I just like the Knicks. Those are just, I think they need to just stick around a little bit. I love but they the won't font. Because of how the city edition goes. Yeah, I agree. But like, I, for some, I don't know why, but just the basic Times New Rome, and it's probably not even Times New Rome, and I have no idea what that is. Uh, that it's like a very simple, basic font that you could find on Microsoft Word, I'm sure. But uh, it just, you know, set at like a little curvature, and it's just offset. Like it has two prints, you know, that they're staggered. It just looks like it's so like simple and so it's it's like such a good like jersey for like 2024 because it gives me like, you know, it's like a throwback to early Internet vibes, which is kind of like the aesthetic right now and a lot of music mm-hmm. and stuff, you know, um, it's just kind of per- I don't know. I, it scratches a very specific itch that you me. just like uh, you're yeah. also a big fan of power blue. Yeah, I am N- not magic. powder. Like power, like just that strong blue color. Mm. Any NBA franchise that has the a, a color blue in their primary or secondary color, if you they roll out a like a bright blue jersey, you're just like that's the best one they have. Yeah, it is. The ma- unless the magic they ones, don't, and the uh, the wolves ones, those are, Nuggets. Are, nuggets, yeah, the Nuggets, uh, uh, Mile High City ones, yeah, those are some of my favorites. Yeah, I don't know what it is about that that just tone of blue but it, it pops more than works. any other color does to me um but if you don't have blue in your color don't even dream of doing it yeah you're talking from my from my yeah yeah preferences yeah i'm not a fan of teams doing colors that aren't their own because it's like 
or not you, their primary or secondary. You, it makes it so like what is like you have no your brand has no identity. You know what I mean? But and you don't even like teams using their tertiary color. No, I'm fine with that. No, you hate the Mavericks in green. But f- the Mavericks I grew up with, green was not a thing. That's the only reason that that like came out of nowhere. That one me. irks you. Oh. I, I wouldn't say it still irks me. But like now that you know that there's like it is the franchise, quote unquote, initially. I, and I've gotten used to it and accepted like, oh, that's that's part of their brand. That's the Mavericks green branding. Yeah. Um, so you uh, like the San Antonio this year. But that's different because San Antonio. Because it's like the city's colors. Yeah. And, and they've they've definitely they've done a lot with that in the past. Like they're alternate they're You know, they do like the basic black, white, gray for everything but then every once in a while they have that specific like fiesta color you know scheme that they do color for way, yeah. their their alternates and that i'm trying like to think of one only that's just them that does that you know unacceptable oh portland pdx that looks like a charlotte jersey yeah like that, that's the thing it looks like a very aesthetically pleasing jersey that i like a lot but i'm like for why what a different team what is the point of you wearing that color that it's the like, pelicans rock, rocking a neon green and purple and it's not even a good jersey at all yeah. <laughs> nothing redeemable mhm the wizards anyway wizards one is kind of cool that they have right now but like the you know like the weird like dungeons and dragons thing but the color is it was like wh- why is this the wizards wizards yeah um but i i don't know if we mentioned it on the podcast when we were doing that episode but I think I, I it clicked with me while editing, like Dungeons Dragons, like medieval, like you know that theme. Wizards, wizards, like yeah, that that makes sense. I feel it, like that's a bit of a stretch. Like I get it. Like there is definitely a a train of thought to follow. Yeah, I just feel like that is a big, big track to follow. <laughs> like it's like a, it's a it's long big, winding it's trail. It's definitely not like an uh, instant click. Like oh yeah, that makes sense. Anyways, um, though, give, getting back on track to the All-Star game. So, yeah, jerseys like those, but you brought up the home versus the home court advantage thing for the finals. I'm not, like, totally against that. But at the same time, I feel like I'm, I'm just trying to imagine a moment of, like, if I because the home court advantage matters a lot to the Nuggets, especially, you know, and, like, I'm trying to imagine, like, a scenario in which, like, we lost the All-Star game. And now I don't get to see my team win a championship maybe because so that like stupid detail that gets like, you know, like it, maybe it's like a five seed that somehow made it to the NBA finals and they get home court advantage over, you know, the yeah. Nuggets who are like the one seed out, out West or something. Yeah. Um, like no, I, I get I, that. I, imagining that that scenario just kind of I was I'm like, I would definitely be mad about that. <laughs> I don't think it fixes, like, I think it makes more problems, but I do think it fixes the competitiveness of the All-Star game. Yeah. The game would immediately become a, like, everyone is like, okay, we got to get this one done. We got to think. It, you'd, it'd have to. Like, yeah. there's no way it wouldn't. Um, yeah. So. Because that, that, yeah. I think it probably would. Um, but the other thing I'll add to this is, like, to me, there was never a point watching that game where I was like, Man, I wish I wish they were trying. I don't know why. I, maybe I've just moved past that point because I feel like in the past I definitely have felt that way. And I don't know if the, I don't know if that was just me writing the the narrative of like that everybody else was making. But this year, like you know, I was kind of just watching the All Star Weekend by myself. You know, didn't really see any of the narrative live. It wasn't until like afterwards that I 
saw the think pieces and stuff like that. But like while watching it, I was like, I just kind of, I just enjoyed it. You know, it wasn't like mind blowing or anything like that, but it was just, I enjoy like watching the, like just the interactions between players mainly is like why I like the also, like just the players being like a figures as like their personalities, you know, and having those kind of collide in a new way on being teammates, watching like Tyrese Halberton and, and Giannis and the, and Dame, you know, the Bucks kind of like having they're, they're on the same team and interacting cordially even though they've had some nasty exchanges this year um seeing that is just kind of cool seeing like lebron future nugget future nugget luka Doncic. yeah oh yeah that's that's just a given every year luka and Jokic giving us more content but no i think my favorite was i can't believe we didn't open with this i guess i opened angry uh we should have opened with the the Jokic comments about luka that Luke is terrible. Is that what you're talking about? No. Did you not see this? That Nikola Jokic will retire before he plays for another NBA team. He said, I'm not leaving Denver. So if Luka gets pissed at Dallas, he can come here. Oh. Uh-huh. Because someone asked, like, how is it to be teammates with Luka and would you want to try and do that in the NBA? And Jokic's literal response was, I'm not leaving Denver. So if Luka gets pissed at Dallas, he can come here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I that doesn't surprise me at all. It's definitely heartwarming to hear. I like that, but I I feel like I, it like that's ex- I already knew that one hundred percent. You know, what I mean, like Jokic is such a like a faithful human being that like that. It's just kind of it's nice. It's a luxury for sure. But like that's something I've never had to worry about. You know? No, I know, I get, but I just was more saying that the fact that he straight up was like said it. Luca can get pissed at Dallas. He can yeah. come here. Yeah, that's funny. But yeah, the Luca and Jokic them having content is just show a, a very it's a given. It's like every year they're they're always having fun doing stuff. But like what I was saying with Jokic interacting with like LeBron and AD when you know they just went together went against each other in the conference finals and they've had a couple you know rematches so far in the year um, that have gotten a little he- not heated like on court really, but like. You know, there's definitely a lot of attention, a lot of like people arguing on Twitter <laughs> and stuff afterwards about them. Uh, there's definitely like a little bit of a rivalry brewing there. But, you know, them interacting, seeing that, uh, seeing Jokic interact with like KD after, you know, facing him in the playoffs last year, just th- that those types of things. It's just kind of cool to see them having to be on the same team. So like that, those are the reasons why I, I guess, like. And still enjoy watching the all-star game, even though it's not like a real game, you know, Mm -hmm. because it definitely isn't. It's not a real game. But one idea that I saw from somebody, I don't remember where it was a comment. Was it Bill Simmons saying, get rid of the three point line until half of the fourth quarters left? It was not that one, but I also like that one. That's a good idea as well. But uh, the one that I was I was thinking of was somebody said something along the lines of like, the way to fix the all-star game is to, you know, you get one point for each quarter you win. So like each quarter starts at the is a game. zero zero. Yeah. And you get one point for each quarter you win. Uh, after four quarters, if you're tied two two, which strategically almost every time they're going to do that because they already do that with the charity thing. Like they have yep. each team win the same amount or whatever to get their charities money. Um, so they'll do that. And then that, will trigger a overtime that will be like Which an elam ending. Horse? Oh, no, okay. it'll be like an elam ending thing. And like mm-hmm. that that thing will decide who wins. 
Um, and, and decides who gets home court advantage in the W or in the not WMD finals. <laughs> that would be double wild if the East in and West in the WNBA is who set the home court advantage for the NBA. Mm-hmm. That'll make All Star Weekend for the WNBA way more viewed than it is currently. <laughs> That's how you bump up ratings. Yeah, that would honestly that is a great idea. That's a terrible to bu- to bu- bump ratings. For the WNBA, it is a great idea. Yeah, yeah, that's all I'm saying. Like if but people, to... <laughs> yeah, like people would definitely have a problem with something. But it's still, it's like if that 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 would be kind of wild. Uh, anyways, though, like I think that that would be a good idea. Like what I what I just laid out the the previous one, not not the WNBA deciding the NBA's yeah, home court. Yeah, yeah, the uh, overtime that's like an elam ending. Um, even if it isn't to decide like the any advantage, really, it's still like. I feel like if you're starting at zero zero and it's like a pretty fairly low target score, <laughs> target score, no, make it it's like a game to 24. Yeah, 25. Exactly. Like, like the thing like they that. did for the best all-star we've had in the past all-star game in the past 10 years was the year after Kobe passed away. Yeah. Like, and this like one that would, was the best one we've had. And this one would be even better because every time you know that you're starting from zero zero going to 24, cause it's overtime instead of that one, which was like added the 24 add on to the whoever, whichever team had the highest score. And that's once they got to over, I think it was like once they got past the first team to get to 150, then triggered 24 points after that or something. It was a weird. It was after after the third quarter, whoever, whichever team was ahead, you add 24 onto whatever point total they had. And that was the new target score. So it's like if a team's up by a lot going into the fourth quarter, then they're still up by a lot going, you know, because they, they, they only need to score 24 versus the other team having to make up all that ground and then the 24. But this way, it's like actually a competitive, equal playing field every time. And, and it's almost it's like to win the every, game. every like normal person that plays basketball and guys that like grow up playing basketball, that's yeah. what you play. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not 24, but like, like if like you do the basketball, 20- basketball in every case, except for like when you're playing an organized game with a clock, it's always to a target score, you know? Yeah. Um, so, and I, I just like the target score dynamic because then every single game winning shot is a, like every single game has to end with a game winning shot. Like there's no way around yeah. that. And I, I think that's good. Um, and it just gets rid of like the, the garbage time thing. It's just always like this, this, uh, pressure. excitement Let, and pressure. Excitement is a better word than pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. like I said, I don't want it to be this like 89, 92 slug fest. Both teams like that's not what the All Star Game needs to be for both the longevity of players and the point of All Star Break. It's supposed to be a break. Mm-hmm. So if all the best players in the league are gathering and then like playing the hardest game of the season that's in the regular season, that defeats the purpose of the break. Yeah. But if it's just some dumb fun, I mean, a couple games to twenty four or whatever you want to do, I think that that would be. I like that idea actually a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that would be a good, good idea, but. Overall, though, like, I don't think that there's anything we need to do. It's not like a tragedy to me. Like it is t- like a lot of people are acting like it's a tragedy. How like the state of the all-star all-star game. Like I'll still watch it and still enjoy it. But um, I do get the appeal of wanting it to be a competitive game as well, though. So, yeah, I guess that's those are my thoughts on that. I think that'll be enough for all-star game. Uh, we kind of went out of order here, but going circling back to like some of the earlier things in the weekend, like, like the dunk contest. I don't know if you had any notable thoughts on the dunk contest or not, but um, I I enjoyed it somewhat. Like it wasn't like it's just going to be hard for dunk contests because 
all of the things that are like within the realm of like reasonable human capabilities have already kind of been done. Like there's obviously yeah. some like flares that you can put on it. Um, but as a salty, not salty Boston fan, but like if your flare isn't, your flare doesn't always win. Like Jalen Brown's whole thing was like, and obviously all over Celtics beat writers were like, this is what every dunk meant. And this is why he did this. And this is because he's from Atlanta. So that's why he did the Dominique Wilkins dunk. That was the big thing. Mm-hmm. Obviously Dominique Wilkins also ended up being a judge, but he wanted to do the tribute to Atlanta where he's from. The second dunk, the whole court turned to Parkhead. Terrence Clark. Or was that the, the, the second gut was the Boston dunk. Um, the Terrence Clark uh, one was the one, uh, one of like someone that he was friends with mm-hmm. passed away tragically. And he like did that whole dunk. And that was supposed to mean something. And then the best one he saved for last the haters with the left hand. Yeah. With the, like Michael Jackson glove. Yeah. The only thing is the no look dunk that he tried to do for the Boston thing. Cause he tried to do like the no yeah, eyes. I didn't, I didn't even catch that. That's what he was trying to do until like, apparently that is what he, I think he forgot until the end. I, okay. I was going to say, cause he like, he like watched it go through even. And then, and then like he put his head down. Um, and then the little, but the left handed dunk, I loved that. I wish he would have put like taken his arm and like put it in his Jersey mm-hmm. and like just went up. And even if the dunk wasn't that cool, it would have been so much better to the haters for him to just do something like rock the baby with the left hand and put it down. That would have been awesome. Yeah. I do really appreciate the whole thing of like the reason why he's there is because he wants, he wants to normalize the best players doing the dunk contest. And I think that's no, I was, awesome. And I think there were some people like John Morant apparently said something about how he's more interested now in doing it, which that would be insane. This is going to be Jalen Brown's legacy. Yeah. Next it, year's dunk contest will be like John Morant, Wemby, LeBron will throw his hat in the ring for one of them. <laughs> Got to add my accolades for the GOAT conversation. Uh-huh. And then Mac McClung to defend his three-peat. <laughs> and somehow Mac McClung will win again. And yeah. everyone will be like, wow, he deserved it this year. I'm glad because like Jalen Brown, like I saw like, because I like looked on it Twitter wasn't sometimes even really during close, it. To be fair, like it shouldn't, it have, shouldn't been. have been. Yeah. But like Jalen Brown getting to the finals, like the high school, it felt like a little rigged going in to the hmm. like, just not because of that. He didn't deserve to be this one of the top two guys, but the scores he got to get there. I was like, that's a little weird. Mm. Like he tried to do the no looking and didn't do it. And it still got like a 48, nine. And I was like, that's a little weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember the exact number, but yeah. Mag McClung, not just dunking over Shaq, but like Hemi Hawk has also dunked over Shaq, but it was like touched his back and like, a, yeah. As as unassisted as the five foot ten Mac McClung could do, <laughs> yeah. he physically just jumped over Shaq, grabbed the ball, and then if he would have done it in front of him, wouldn't have been as cool. But then still gets it behind his head. Yeah. First go. Mm-hmm. That is just big wild. fan. Yeah, I love that. And then to get Shaq to put on your high school jersey, also sick. Yeah. Honestly. Like had to get and I think the showmanship of the dunk contest is where guys are gonna be able to like, oh, that looked the same as the Blake Griffin dunk, but if you do something like showier, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. Or like someone could be a psychopath and try to replicate any of the Aaron Gordon dunks. Yeah. But if you like have Ernie Johnson be the mascot, that'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ernie Johnson on like a stepladder. That'd be I'd I'd I honestly would give that straight fifties if you make the dunk. Honestly. Um 
No, yeah, that, I like that, and I think Mac McClung definitely deserved it. I thought his first was it his first dunk or second? I think it was his first one. Which the, one? The one where he he like suspended the ball, like he 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 grabbed it off the guy's head, let go of it, and, and then, then came, came back. back and, yeah, and dunked it behind his head. That I thought that one was a fifty, one. but it, it didn't do that well. I don't know why. Um, I don't know if the ju- like I feel like I don't think the judges see replays, which I think is a wildly terrible way to do this. I think also judges are scared to give bad scores, but like they gave not they give that one not a good score. Like it was like the same as what they were giving everybody else. No, but I'm saying is like because they have like oh we can't give anybody lower than a forty something like a forty five. Uh huh. You've taken what used to be this like giant scale thing you could have where each judge only gets ten points and that like sways it way more. Like there's like dunk contests where guys got like a thirty eight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And for dunks that were way better than the worst what one we saw, Jacob yeah. Toppin did to get a forty-six from uh, that guy from the Pacers. Yeah, um, I can't remember what his name was. Hey, I'm not sure who which one you're talking about, but yeah, I I don't know. I think the scoring thing was just I don't know if they're afraid to give. I I, I agree that they're not afraid. Like the, the wrong full, word. They're not using the full but, scale. Yeah, no, they're shrinking the scale. So then, like. But what Mac McClung did was so much higher up than it wasn't one point different from some of the other dunks yeah. that got 49s. Like if, if exactly, if some of these other dunks are getting like based on the way that the dunk contest has been scored the, my whole lifetime, really, that's a 50. Like, no, it just, and it that just dessert, no, that one is, that's not the one that I'm, oh, oh his okay. first dunk. Yeah. Oh, I think the Shaq dunk was way more impressive. Well, that, I think that one was a 50 also, but oh, to me, Personally, if I could do, I could rewrite how 50s work and how many of them happen, then maybe I, I don't know if I would call them 50s because I pro- I would probably reserve 50s for like the best of the very best. Like you know the what I mean? insane, insane historical. Yeah. Like what he should have done is like flexed with one hand and slapped the glass with the other before he grabbed the ball. Just really show it up. Yeah. Even if the dunk itself isn't as powerful, if he goes up and like bang or like double flexes and then grabs it again. I just I like I, I love that one because it was like that it's so different. We've never seen somebody do that before. Something like that. The way the way he grabs it and fully like extends his arms out and like comes back in. It's just like that's pretty dope. And like the ball it kind of like hovers in the same spot. I thought that was great. It's not like the best of the best like Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon have had some of the, probably the best dunks I've ever seen in a dunk contest. No, like that their four dunks are like Top twenty of all time. Yeah, and that was in one dunk contest year. <laughs> yeah, uh, like yeah. the uh, I think the Aaron Gordon off the side of the backboard, like the very side side of the backboard mm-hmm. into the grabbing it while Underneath. doing a three sixty and like spinning with his arm fully extended with the ball and then slant like that is probably I think that's my number one dunk of all time. Honestly, I, the way the, that's just under such both a legs. Dick. Is crazy. Like oh, that just, one's crazy. Yeah, you could uh-huh. go through so many of them, mm-hmm. and not disparaging Zach Levine, but like so Zach Levine has. Different- I think Zach Levine has more than Aaron Gordon to me in the in the top ten, like a top five area. But number one, I think, is Aaron Gordon's to me. But Zach Levine just has so many where it's like I can jump far, free throw line. Not not disparaging that. Yeah, but he just did different things from the free throw line over and over again. But they they look they make my mind melt. 
like i'm like oh my gosh like when when i'm watching like the you know the compilation video that the nba posts every year after the dunk contest it's like every they compile every 50 in dunk contest history and you just show them back to back zach there's some of zach levine's (laughs) ones in there i'm just like that it's just on a different planet than these other other clips in here like it's a 51 it's just crazy Uh uh-huh but uh yeah I guess dunk contest. I'm surprised we got that much out of the dunk contest of, of, for our podcast. I'm not. I'm not usually not that big of a dunk contest person. I prefer the three point contest usually because Jalen Brown is doing his best to bring it back. Yeah. Um. So hopefully that works. Honestly, to get more stars doing Cause it. Because if Jaw does it, that'll be that's the, huge. the domino. That'll be the domino that falls. Uh-huh. Because Jaw one will be crazy good at it. Yeah. And of then course. two, it'll be such a big name that like someone else will be like, okay, hold on, let you know, stop yeah. this. Let mm-hmm. me. Let me do my thing. Yeah, I think, and there's there's some guys even out there that are like aren't star level names, but they I know that they would be amazing at the dunk contest. Like Shaden Sharp needs yep. to do a dunk contest. Like he needs to. <laughs> it's like his his uh, duty Calling. to society. Like he needs to do that. Like when Zach Levine said he wasn't, and then tore his ACL, and like that, like the whole joke was like. You didn't do your service to this world (laughs) because Zach Levine, like when he, when he, when he first got like into the league was just like an explosive, like he was not what Zach Levine is today. Very raw. He could shoot, but not a great decision maker. You know, didn't have it all put together yet for sure. Not focusing on the dunk contest served him very well as he evolved into a very good NBA player. Just in general, as opposed to just like, that crazy dunker guy, mm-hmm. but for sure going on to the three point contest. Uh, I thought that one was honestly pretty. I, okay. They should not count. Like what, what is the point of the refs being there? If they still count the baskets where the ref is pointing at the toes on the line saying, that's not a three. And then they still count it. That's the reason yeah. Tyrese Halliburton didn't go to the finals because cat, on every single shot on his first rack was on the line was on the line and the ref was saying not a three not a three not a three but they counted all of them like i i get it i don't want to be the stickler of like but like at the end of the day that's it's the rule for a reason why are they there then (laughs) why are they there why are they there and why is the line there like if if we're not going to call it are we going to like have people like standing on the line with their heels, you know, shooting it? Like, is that the world we want to be in? Like, I don't, you know, it's just let's shoot threes and count the ones that are threes and not count the ones that aren't threes. And that's the way we should go about things. Um, yeah. That, yeah. So that's, that's my number one takeaway from that one. But the other one was like, you know, Larry, like everybody was just shooting so well that like Laurie Markkinen shooting a 25 just didn't make the final. It was like, you know, like the, the, yeah. like everybody shot. I think the lowest score was a 21. That's pretty good. Yeah. Like the lowest That's... score of the entire thing was somebody shooting a 21 and the highest score was a 26. Like that's kind of wild. But wow. What, what is your wow? Creighton is playing UConn right now. Uh, Creighton is the best shooting team in NBA or in NCAA. men's basketball history. They're shooting 60% from the three point line tonight against a very good UConn team. Mm. 
56 to 39 is like, the score currently. Is UConn like a good defensive team? Yes. Mm-hmm. UConn's like when they finally got to number one, cause they're number one right now where they're like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Creighton is, is very good yeah. at the moment. They're playing very good tonight. How many and, attempts do they have? Are they sh- like really putting them up there? Shooting 60%? 19 attempts. It has been updated to 57.9% from the line on 19 attempts with 15 minutes left to go in the second half. So through a half oh, wow. in five minutes, that's they like, put up just shy of 20. That's like a, a, a very insanely solid volume. That's like, that's like a top, the average, like the team in the NBA that's averaging the most attempts per game is like around 40. So that's what they're on pace for in eight less minutes of a game. You know, it's like definitely a, a pretty high volume. High volume. Yeah, that's pretty wild. But uh, the other thing, though, I guess the skills challenge. Did you watch that? I don't know if you watched that. I did that not watch a lick of the skills challenge other than people were very mad at Ant. And I love him so much. Yeah, I don't know why <laughs> he did that. He shot, for people who don't know, he shot with his left hand during the... Wasn't it all All-Star Weekend or was it just that? I thought it was the entirety of All-Star Weekend he shot with his left hand. I don't know. I guess those, that was the only time I noticed it. Um, and I, and well, I, I noticed it also in warmups for the all-star game, him and Jokic shooting left-handed like, like with, with each other. But, um, I don't, I don't know about other than that, but, uh, during the skills challenge, the top, uh, the team, the three different teams that were competing were team all-star, which was like Trey, Tyrese Maxey and Scotty Barnes, I believe were the three guys on that team. Uh, the other, one of the other teams was the top picks team which was the number one picks from three of the last four drafts. So it was Victor Wembanyama, Paolo Bancaro, and Anthony Edwards. And the third team was the Pacers team, since this game was being held in Indianapolis, or also weekend was in Indianapolis this season. Um, and that was Tyrese Maxey, Ben Matherin, and Miles Turner. And so the team that went first was Team All-Star, and then the team that went second was Top 1 Picks, or, you know, top picks team. And they were like, they were on pace to pat, to beat the team that just went before them in this event. And Ant was the final leg of this, of this thing. And he gets to the corner to where you take three shots. You have to make, as soon as you make one of them, you go on, like you take the ball up the court and dunk it to finish. And he gets there he and he starts shooting with his left hand. And like his, the way he, loads up with it it's like takes him like three times as long to shoot a shot and he missed all of them except for the last i think he made the last one but that's the most ant thing ever yeah that's awesome i love okay i love it so much because he just is like he just he's like i'm i'm shooting with my left hand it's the all-star game ain't nobody care about field goal percentage (laughs) the whole weekend he just shot with his left hand oh he did the whole weekend that's that's what he like was saying. I can't find anything to see if he followed through during the All Star game. Yeah, but he's like, I'm going to only shoot with my left hand during All Star weekend. <laughs> that's funny, but yeah, that was just I I thought that was dumb <laughs> when I was watching it. I was like, why did you just do that? You have, I mean, it's just like it's different if you're doing it by yourself, but like you have a team, you know. I, but still, I I feel like the Pacers probably would have beat that one because when the Pacers went, they they kind of demolished the. Um, yeah. what they had to beat. But uh, yeah, that's that's the extent of my commentary on the skills challenge, I think, other than Scotty Barnes dribbling it off of his, off of his leg. It was kind of funny. 
Um, also, Scotty Barnes at the All-Star Game trophy ceremony. I don't know if I, I gotta I remember what he just yelled. <laughs> he yelled something. I don't remember what it was. It was just like an onomatopoeia. It was just a noise. But I can't remember what he yelled. <laughs> I, I I love Scotty Barnes, honestly. He's just a funny guy. I like him. Um But yeah, and then the night before the Rising Stars, I think we already kind of touched on that, but the G League team beat Wemby's team in that which is kind of a big, big deal, big upset. I think it was Team Gasol was Wemby's team, and then Team Detlef Schrempf was uh, the G-Leaguers. So it was comprised of a bunch of people who are currently in the G-League, and then also like the, well, all of them are currently in the G-League, but some of them are like the G-League Ignite players, or at least one of them Sorry, I'm watching, I'm watching Scotty Barnes clip. Oh. Uh-huh. It's impossible to not smile. Okay, I'm focused now. Uh, Mattis Buzelis, the guy that's probably going to be a top pick. Well, definitely going to be a top pick in this next upcoming draft. He was looking pretty good. I thought he, def- I don't know, he just seems like a guy that's going to turn out really well in the NBA. But I, I don't know. I just, I really like the format. I, re- I enjoyed watching the Rising Stars game. There's not like a lot of notes or things I came out of it with like to talk about, but uh, definitely a part of the also weekend that I enjoyed, like especially the players being mic'd up the whole time was just cool to see yeah. Ben Matherin talking trash to Jaden Ivey. Um, and then putting 25 yeah. K on two free throws and misses both of them. That was great. Uh, he, he missed the middle. So he had three free throws at the end. He had a chance to, to win because they were at 37. They're trying to get to 40. He made the first one. So they're at 38. Then he, he said oh. that he was going to make he was going to put the game away, you know. Uh, and bet 25k on it missed that one and then made the final one which really didn't even matter because it put them at 39 when they have a target score of 40 you know so like the next basket is would get them to 40 anyways if he didn't make the last one so yeah he he missed one of them but definitely it's just funny after, right after betting on it and being kind of like it's, it's a grant williams moment you know <laughs> i'm gonna make them both <laughs> yeah and then the celebrity game i don't know if you saw that at all but um i'm glad that a professional bass of uh, football player was able to out athlete people in a celebrity game there's a lot of gl- nfl players though there's like four of them but like yeah micah parsons is like an athlete among athletes yeah so i'm glad that he was able to like have a quad double or whatever crazy stat line he put up i'm glad yeah and then, i hope i hope so uh-huh he missed a double also i'm also but I also miss the days when I feel like the all-star game was a lot more just like, let's throw Justin Timberlake. He's like, or J- Justin Bieber out there. He's like 17. He's pretty good at basketball. Uh-huh. Now it's, it feels like it's like a, like guys that want to get and, their bread. Like, and look former, how good I am at basketball. former NBA players, Meta World Peace played in this one. <laughs> he, granted, he did not try at all, but like there were some plays where it was just like so easy. Like he was like, I'll score this possession. And I know I will. <laughs> yeah. Which is wild to think that like, Meta World Peace is like there's a there's another example of an NBA compared to the rest of everyone gap. Yeah, mm-hmm. is like older Meta World Peace just was like I've I'm just gonna do this. Mm-hmm. Stop me, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then there was this. I don't I don't even think he was from America, but he was a he was a gold medalist Olympic high jumper. Obviously, somebody that can jump quite high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he. He was dunking it quite a bit. He was he did pretty well. Jennifer Hudson was in the. I, she was definitely the biggest name. I would say, um, just like of like star power. 
her my favorite part of her time of the night was like the before the game they were doing like a the interview like while teams were shooting like in warm-ups and yep. after, right after she got done with her interview like she said something like oh yeah i'm gonna dominate or you know something like that and immediately turns around and then just airballs her shot from like five feet away from the hoop <laughs> it's just uh just a funny moment but I thought the celebrity game was pre- pretty fun to watch. I loved how like the bro- the way they do the broadcast is very kind of like laid back and relaxed, and they just gave a mic to Lil Wayne, and so it's Lil Wayne and Fifty Cent just like talking trash to each other. Um, like that's just fun to watch. And then Lil Wayne and Asia Wilson also being the two assistant coaches on Stephen A's team, and just seeing the sheer difference in the like. No, because Lil, Lil Wayne, Wayne is quite little it, that's um, not that's not just a fun name he he's like a, five three he's a very little also that was my favorite is one of uh, there's some big streamer on the internet that's also like little oh, wayne size kai sanat kai sanat or, or kai sanat he or something like that yeah. him him running around also made me smile yeah it looked like a toddler playing basketball <laughs> yeah <laughs> and apparently he released like a, a mixtape on twitter before the game of him playing basketball against actual toddlers, he like had a bunch. Of, he had like a bunch of children come out and play basketball against him in a random wide gym. Yeah, and it was like it was like it, it was portrayed to be like a real mixtape. <laughs> but that's like that's self awareness that if you can't laugh at, yeah, that's, that's just gold. That's yeah. perfect. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that was a good. I don't know. I, I, that was entertained by that one. But Lil, yeah, Lil Wayne standing next to Asia Wilson was like, wow. And I think Asia Wilson's like 6'4", maybe, something like that. Which, by the way, while we were talking about it earlier, I did look up uh, what the average height in the WNBA is. And it's just, it's like slightly over 6'2". Um, so six foot is like the equivalent of like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, in the NBA, probably. Roughly. Mm-hmm. So we were pretty, we're pretty close with our estimation. Yeah. But yeah, I think the only other thing I would like to touch on before we get out of here is all-star snubs. Because I, I think I had a, a segment on this last year because it's always something that I feel the need to Thumbs talk up. about. Because um, last year it was Aaron Gordon that Denver fans and, and Denver media people were t- acting like it was a crime that he was not in the all-star game. And it was like, tell me who he is in there over. Like, I just... Well- you know, I hate it when people and I, I've heard some people even say that like Reggie Miller, I think it was Reggie Miller. Yeah, he was he was talking, he was going off on this diet. It's Jamal Murray this year. Yeah. And he was going off on this diatribe about how how much of a crime it is that that the champs, the, the defending champs don't have two all stars on their team. But I think that's the like the thing is teams that good. You feel like should have people feel like they should have two. That's the point. But I think that's also more of a testament to Jokic. Exactly. It's like, to me, it's like, why doesn't it make sense that the best player in the world with good players around him, none that are, he makes that them are great, none that have been deserving all-stars, like, cause they haven't maybe in a vacuum. I'm not saying that they've never had like something that's like, I think Aaron Gordon last year had like an all-star level season. Yeah. But there's just too many people ahead of him. And he didn't deserve to get in there over any of those people. And Jamal, this I didn't even consider Jamal. I'm being yeah, honest. No, it was... I didn't consider him when I was when I was filling out my team. Like, like listing off other snubs, Jamal's De'Aaron not Fox. even like the next guy off the list. Exactly. Or Demondis like two Sabonis. Guys. 
Yeah, and that's just in the. I was just saying, just in general, if you go like the on both sides, quote unquote snubs, Jamal's like ten, exactly. ten to five somewhere. Like it's not like he's oh he was right there and it just just Denver's a small market. He got no. It just is. He's just not there, and that's fine. That's totally fine. Uh huh. Big part of it is games played. Another big part of it is he just really hasn't had a like a regular season. Yeah, and he and that has continued to this season. Keyword where he, regular he is season anywhere close to what he has been in the playoffs. Yeah, keyword regular season on that one. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And the playoffs, like people are just like stuck on like he's shown to be that level of player, so he needs to be rewarded with an All Star game. But it's like, what is the point of the regular season? You know, he hasn't been what he has what he's been in the playoffs. Like he's had moments, like he's always had. Where but it's, it's like never stretches. Straight. It's never where like he takes over for two weeks where you're like he is just on a bender. There's never like a Murray mat. It's there's never anything like that. It's there's a day where Jokic is like, I guess this really doesn't happen either. Jokic is a little off and Murray just goes crazy. That doesn't happen that often. It's not consistent. It happens, but not every night in night in and night out. It's not the same. Yeah. As you've got guys like Demonis Sabonis who are like the guy on their team more a- games, more frequently. That's not that far behind Denver in the standings. It's the like West Denver's... is also wild. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that, like, because Denver is the, I personally believe Denver's the best team in the West. Uh-huh. Standings, whatever. But, like, and after the All-Star break, I think that they'll start to be like, okay, let's let's go. Let's, playoff yeah. time starts now. We, we, like, stumbled into the All-Star break also. It didn't help. We lost, like, Which pushed few, but Because I think I saw it was, like, you were within four games of the play-in, or Oh, right now we might be, honestly. Because like, we lost the last three games. So, Yeah, there's no world where I feel like that's who we are. going to happen. Yeah. Or who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, it's definitely like a... Oh, you look at the, uh, at the West and it's like... I can't remember the win totals, but it's like 36 to... Or 39 to 33, I think is like the range of the top six teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something like that. It's, Sounds it's right. I guess I have the power of Google. It's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like, I think the Nuggets are still fourth. Yeah. We got 36 wins. Timberwolves are in first with 39. So we're three games back. Now. 39 to 33. Wow. I actually had that one. And then, so the, yeah, they were, uh, the Nuggets were four games ahead of the Mavericks in terms of, and the, the Mavericks are the seventh seed or the first team in the play in. Yeah. Like I said, the Nuggets will definitely figure it out. They're mm-hmm. the best team in the West. Clippers might give them a run for their money, but I think the Nuggets are like, you're being disrespectful and obnoxious if you think the Nuggets are actually the fourth, spe- the fourth best team. Yeah. I get the record says it. That's just wrong. But, but I guess what people always go by, though, is like, oh, if they're the first team, they need two all-stars. And it's like, so you're doing that with the Nuggets when they're the four seed and they have the best player in the world? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why is and it I that- think Yoke. Like Sorry. and, and the, I guess where I started with this too, with uh, going on the Reggie Miller thing, is I hate how he literally said when, after going on this full thing about how it's a crime that he like Jamal needs to be in there, and it's like ridiculous that he's not. He says, "I don't don't ask me who he's in there over. I don't know who he's in there over, but I just know that he has to be in there." It's like okay, then don't say that if you can't say who he's in there over, don't say it at all. If you can't even make an argument, you don't even have a thought. Yeah, exactly. And it'd be different if Jamal Murray was. Just say swap. De'Aaron Fox doesn't exist. And they swap. That's different. But no, it's like Jamal Murray is down like a semi-decent list of guys that didn't make it. Exactly. 
both um, like no king made it and at the time of when the king like when the the all-star games were or the roster was finalized announced. the kings were the fifth seed like not that far behind denver and they didn't they had zero all-stars and when sabonis is leading the league in triple doubles right now like he's 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 going on a Jokic tear right now um and like the nuggets you know have kind of sputtered like we're, we're not having a terrific season we're having a similar season to last year. It's just the West is a lot stronger at the top now. Yeah. Um, but like the team as a whole is playing better. Like Jamal's obviously having a better season than he than he did last year. But Jokic, like, is probably I. This is for sure. This isn't even debatable to me, honestly. That Jokic is having the worst season that he's had of since he's won his, his MVP first, four. Yeah, the last four seasons, which which is like by and large like where Jokic just came to another level. I think it started when he went to the bubble, but that wasn't a full mm-hmm. season. But like ever since then, ever since skinny Jokic, ever since those pictures happened, that is when Jokic entered this new phase. This level, yeah. Yeah. And this is the the worst of the four for sure. Um I think last year was like actually his be- his best. Last year no, this- the, the one that he did not win cuz he's probably going to win the MVP this year. So the one year that he did not win the MVP out of the four is the I think, most deserving. Yeah. Exactly. In terms of best season, like if you go back and look at like comparatively, like if someone was close, you know what I mean? Because it gets weird. Like Embiid had a good season last year also. Yeah. I mean, but Giannis had a great season that his first MVP year and Embiid also had another good season, the the second the MVP year, year. The second one. And Giannis was right there that year as well. But um, it's really, I, honestly, I, I don't know why this never gets talked about and why I keep forgetting to mention it too, because I've had this thought for a little while now too. Is it like those three, like, I feel like right now in the moment, I don't know if everybody's like thinking about it this way, but in the future, for sure. I think looking back on this era, it's like the Jokic and Bede and Giannis, just like, you know, that era, like it's just like this, this trio of like monsters. You know what I mean? Like, because people are dumb, it'll be called the end of LeBron's career, but I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, no, but I think I think for sure this era, like those will be those guys will be like the face of this, like starting post bubble. Yeah, let's say that. Mm-hmm. Like people will look ever back since and be Giannis's like, first MVP. It'll mm-hmm. just be it'll be those three because at one point it looked like Embiid was going to win another one, another MVP here, and it would have been those guys three in a row all winning back to back. And I, yeah. I was like, I came to terms with that honestly before Embiid got hurt, and I was like, no, because we were like, we were like. He just needs to play the games. He's yeah. having the season where he deserves MVP. Without a shadow of a doubt, deserves the MVP. Uh-huh. And and uh, he is then, in that he's on that same level, in that same tier with Jokic and Giannis. I, I really do think so. Um, I think the playoff success thing is a little bit unfair. Overblown. Yeah. But Jokic, I still do think that Jokic performs and, and comes up big in the playoffs more than both of those guys do repeatedly. Yeah, and Embiid is probably the third guy on that list of those three. But like those three, just are like like looking back, like when you're thinking about like the Duncan versus KG, that like that was kind of an era, you know, Magic Bird, obviously, Wilt Russell, like these eras that are dominated by these two things. You know, it's like this is like a three way, you know, rivalry that I feel like is like one for the the history books. You know, just three guys that are just having all time stretches. At the same time, kind of like the what we what we see in tennis, right? Now, or what were you coming to an we, end of? We, yeah, in in tennis with the, those those three guys. Yeah, 
Federer, Nadal, and Murray. And you sorry. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna say I my brain went Andy Murray because I saw his face, but that's not correct. Yeah, but he. I think he's uh, consensus definitely. Like some people think it should be called the Big Four and throw him in, but he's like he's a kind of a clearly distant fourth to those guys. But he's it's like those three, and then Murray is like on his his own tier above everybody yep. else below them. But Djokovic, uh, yeah, I don't know if we said it. Yeah, he's the I, other. I one, don't think I got to it because I, which is Jokic's uh, countryman. Obviously, he's got the same uh, nickname. They they kind of have like a little bit of a, a bromance. Like I, I like those interviews where they kind of throw it back uh, between one another. Uh, but yeah, so that that's just kind of a cool parallel there. Both Serbian guys in there. But yeah, the, just that that big three thing. I guess is what I just kind of wanted to finally touch on. I felt like that could honestly be like a whole episode or like a theme of an episode or something. Um, I wanted to kind of, I thought it was going to turn out that way, like ce- celebrating Embiid's MVP this season. Um, but, you know, I don't think that will happen for obvious reasons because of the game played factor. Um, regardless of this rule, which I think is another thing we could probably talk uh, talk about. I think I brought up that point I wouldn't, I wouldn't, back when we talked about it, but I don't think I stressed it as much as I would have liked People to. that don't play in 65 games aren't going to win that often anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like, Unless there's like a very bottom of the barrel Really, like, everybody missed a lot of time that deserves to be in the conversation. People that win 65 games aren't going like, to do it. There's no way Embiid's playing, like, more than, like, 50, low 50s. This year, for sure. Like, there's no way. He, he's at 34 right now. Like, there's no way. He's probably, he might be, like, he might be lucky if he plays half the season. If he plays 41 yeah. games. There's nobody ever that has come close to winning anything playing that many games you know what i mean so i don't know why it it's kind of like people are treating it like it's the this new rules fault when it's like just just enter alternate alternate dimension remove that like just act like this rule never was a thing and then have this happen this you know what i mean like this would still be the case and bead would still not be winning the champ or winning the mvp but Nobody would have this thing to blame it on. Like if if this happened this year, like where we don't have the rule and the same injury happens, like he's not going to win. He doesn't win. Exactly. No. But nobody gets mad about it because we don't have this rule to blame it on. But everybody is still blaming it on this The Halliburton one, I think, will be the one that will actually like be the one that matters way more than Embiid. Because the Halliburton could be close and maybe he'll, through the allowance, get to it. But like... Not even, like, Halliburton, if he plays a perfect 64 games or whatever, would have been third-team All-NBA at the minimum with how well he's played in the For games sure. we've seen so far. Absolutely. Um, and so that's where it gets into the, like, okay, tough. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah. But, yeah, so what got on a little bit of a detour there before, we, you know, we finished off what we were, I kind of was trying to get into, which was the uh, Jamal Murray thing. So, like, there's a lot of people saying this. A lot of people that I, I respect and usually listen to that are just like, but most of them are Nuggets people, you know? So it's like, but people freaking out about Jamal Murray not being an all-star. And also some people, what, like the, the, the reasonings behind, like that people go into to try to explain why he isn't an all-star is kind of what's getting, making me a little bit angry because it's like, it's going the opposite way on, like it's taking away from what Jokic is as a player. It's like, it's like, it's like uh, yeah. not crediting him enough because it's like people are 
are acting like I've seen a lot of people on Facebook saying this like exact thing that Jamal Murray is playing in the shadow of Jokic. Like it's it's something that we've seen a lot. It's like uh, um, Jokic doesn't have a shadow. Yeah, <laughs> especially if like I, I would I would say that MPJ is somebody that that may, maybe suffers a little bit from a minimized role, like not efficiency, like efficiency wise, it helps him a lot. But if we saw MPJ on like a crap team where he's like the second or first, like first or second option, like we see him putting up a lot more points, obviously. Like, I, th- I feel like that would just be what would happen. But um, Jamal though, um, he has all of the, all of the shots, all of the touches that he could possibly want right now on the nuggets. Yeah. Like playing with Jokic. But- there's no no he is he limits himself him passing the ball away is the one that limits him putting up shots yeah i mean but it's like he doesn't have a low volume like he takes he's like our leading shot taker most him or Jokic, and that's how it should be yeah and so it's like if he played for another team or like you just want him to put up 30 shots again you know what i mean like there's not a team that would do well with jamal murray doing that no he takes a star level amount of shots and has that amount of usage it's it's not i don't it's not Jokic. if anything like he's getting all of the those same amount of attempts like all the you know freedom you could possibly have while having the capability or the luxury of playing off of a huge like gravitational pull of Jokic and like you know somebody that frees him up for so many easy baskets it it helps his game so much like it elevates him for sure without a doubt and I'll, I'll actually go out of my way and say that the biggest example of people having this narrative with somebody of Scottie Pippen, like people saying that Jordan held him back, I disagree with that too. I think that Scottie mm-hmm. Pippen was, Scottie Pippen and Jordan together, it, it's like a match made in heaven. They, that's yeah. the reason why they're like the all-time great. That, so by definition, like they, like they elevated each other. Jordan is not as good, his career and him as a player is his not, legacy as, is not is as good. Looked at as quite, quite as much of the go. I don't know if he would be the GOAT. If he never had Scottie Pippen. Yeah. And if, if Scottie Pippen never had Jordan, he would just be like another, like kind of forgotten, like not forgotten, but like, he'd be like Clyde, Dre- you know, like Scottie, Scottie Pippen gets praised and held on a higher pedestal than Clyde Drexler for sure. Yeah. Like he's undisputable. Yeah. Much more remembered, much more like credited with things. And it's like, but if Scottie Pippen was a number one option on a team. Is he really in a different stratosphere than Clyde Drexler was, who was a really good number one option on a good team that went to the, the finals? No, he's literally just a who's somebody that these. Yeah, he's just like you. Like when you break down eras and would look at years, like oh yeah, Scottie Pippen was one of the better players of the era, but oh, it absolutely. wouldn't be this like unstoppable a force. Like like. Of, he, like the, unsto- the immovable wall of defense that he was and not not taking away his ability to defend, but he, he wouldn't be regarded as this level of insane because you look a lot better as a defender when anything does happen. You have someone else that is also world yeah, class you got a great times two you. or three to help you. Yeah, Scottie Pippen was definitely, yeah, he's the the heart and soul and, and fulcrum of that Bulls defense for sure. But like the thing is when you're talking about a guy who is going to go down as like a GOAT candidate or like a best player in the league type of thing offensively like to be a number one option it's kind of the clay thompson thing it's like yeah he's really good at all these very di- like specific things that make him awesome in his role and playing alongside a star actually makes him even better in that area if you were by him like he's not overshadowed clay thompson is was not overshadowed by steph curry 
Yeah. Clay, we, we would not hold Clay Thompson to the same level all time if he had a career without ever playing with Steph Curry. Because he wouldn't have the rings and he wouldn't have the, like, he just wouldn't have all of the moments that he had. Yeah, he wouldn't be in all of those those winning situations. He would, like, he wouldn't, which he contribute. I'm not saying he, like, got a free ride. Like, the Warriors would not be the Warriors without Klay Thompson. Of course. But Klay Thompson would not be Klay Thompson without as Steph we know him without Steph Curry and the Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Draymond is like a keep, like, that is one of the best examples of, like, puzzle piece like the best like just team building of like guy, guys that are like theory in theory none of them were supposed to be that great outside of steph even steph was like a big like he fell to seventh people were and people for a while especially at the beginning of his career was like who knows he, like he gets hurt a lot he can shoot he can really shoot but like you can't he's really small he's not you know he's not a point guard really um i guess i still think that steph is not maybe not the level of steph because he might not have the rings if he doesn't have the cast with him but i still think he is one of the best players in the nba regardless of oh no no yeah okay I, i'm not saying that he wouldn't be steph without Tra- oh, okay. those players but because like however it turns out i feel like you're still going to build somewhat of that system around steph that they did build because he's Golden just State. that good yeah yeah but um well, I guess what I mean is Clay Thompson could have been Wesley Matthews. It just wouldn't have been the same level of dominance. Yeah, like just looking oh, at that, it in that was theory. A great pull by me, honestly, I'm pretty proud of that one. Right <laughs> just, era, right skill set. Yeah, ju- uh, but just looking at it in theory, uh, Steph was never supposed to be like a top of the top of the league superstar. Might because be like, a, yeah, what he has when you're thinking about it in a vacuum of like, you know, shot creation and, and all, like he he never really displayed that skill set at like a level that's like oh this is going to be a, your engine that carries a team this is going to change how people play basketball yeah but when you use him in like a, a he's not used in the way that any other like star player really ever other than reggie miller is like the closest comparison as like a number one option on a team being used that way and like building a team around that and then having draymond green who's like just a star in his role you know what I mean? Like nobody is ever gonna have Draymond. If Draymond Green was on any other team for his career, he would be like an all defensive team guy every once in a while, probably. And that's it. That's it. But, literally it. He would go like, in and out of other people. He's joking Noah without the one random MVP season. No, not even close. Mm-hmm. He's not an all decade player. He's not a like maybe maybe sniffles all pro once maybe, but I don't even think he does. Yeah, all NBA probably not. All NBA, sorry, not all pro. All pros football. All yeah, NBA. I doubt. It. I don't even think he would get an All Star appearance if he wasn't on. No, the if he if he if he didn't have everyone around him built to like you do what you do. Yeah, do your job. Just like a Just, good defensive forward, you know. Yep. Um, but the way that he was used though in Gold State is just the way that it's like he should have been. Yeah, perfect puzzle pieces fitting together, and that is what I feel like Jamal is with. Jokic and what Scotty was with Jordan. So I just think that people should stop saying like, oh, what a tragedy that those guys had to play with the the better guy and like that hurt them somehow. It did not hurt them. It helped both people. Um Yeah. But yeah, so that is where we'll end today's episode. Thank you guys for listening. Please check out all the stuff. Uh subscribe, like, follow the feed, do all the things, uh, check out the TikToks. Um, <clears throat> sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash hoop theory and buy me a coffee as well at buymeacoffee.com slash hoop theory. 
Um, we love you. We appreciate you. Stay happy, stay healthy, and we will talk to you guys next episode. Peace. Peace.